<laughs> Welcome to the time and space of the Drinking the Water podcast. This is the second of the interviews and conversations I've had with a very close friend and uh, dear acquaintance and collaborator. So today I'm in the studio at the home of Samantha Whelan Kodkiss and um, Samantha, welcome. Samantha, welcome. Samantha, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. <laughs> it's your house. I know. <laughs> this is a place of great creation. I just sort of want us to paint a picture for the listeners. Can you describe our surroundings? Well, we're in a converted garage, but it was a, a garage that was made in the De- Great Depression in the 1940s. So it was made with wood from anywhere people could find it. Hmm. And so there's a beam that runs through the entire garage that's one solid piece of wood. And we kept it. You can't see all of it, but it actually goes all the way the length of the garage. And to me, that's really grounding and really beautiful. And I stained it this gorgeous dark brown. Uh, and then we, we kind of gutted the inside closed the back which was for a model t ford so it opened like like to the sides instead of up like our garages tend to do now and we closed it so that it could be a beautiful wall that i have a work of chester leases on of this lake and um, it just lets my imagination kind of flow into this one big space on my back wall and then it's like my brain has exploded. There's color and every space in here is filled with a little piece of me. I've got my mother's artwork on the wall. I have a magpie that Walter McDonald White Bear loves. He loves magpies. So that one looks over me and laughs. And um, I have a beautiful weaving from Nunavut. Uh, when I was in Pangnirtung, they have a beautiful weaving studio. And um, the Inuit artists created, it takes a a couple months for them to do the design and then months for them to weave it um, themselves. And so I purchased that when I was up there and it's one of my favorite pieces of the Northern Lights. Hmm. And students have created artwork for me over the years. And so I have my daughters and the way that I interact with my daughters done by some students. And then when you look at my desk, you can see the project that I'm working on right now with you, actually. And you can see the very first picture that I created for this project, looking at the different animals we were going to be creating around. And I knew it was going to start live and I knew it was going to go recorded. And I I work in pictures in my brain. So when I'm formulating things, they come out as pictures and and. Um, and your friend Isaac Murdoch, who I understand you've already interviewed, I have a quote from him that I read every day that helps remind me of my life's purpose and why I do what I do. So I love his words there. Oh, yeah. Up on the wall as well. Yeah, they're right beside us here. And they're a big heart. I cut it out in the shape of a heart. My piece of <laughs> it makes total that really, sense. That really describes me, doesn't it? I'm so, You know what? I'm so glad that the future Matt um, that's learning to uh, to do these podcasts is going to create a really elaborate and beautiful intro to this so that you there's already a picture of some of the work you do because now you're talking about students and this project you're doing and and had I not as a future Matt thought about going ahead and and painting a picture ahead of time someone might be really on the edge of their seat they might fall off their seat yeah just not knowing who you are but being like wow she really is visual Yeah, I guess I am visual. And I'm oral as well, though. Obviously, as a professional musician, I I go off of what I hear as well. But I was introduced at the University of Calgary a couple of years ago. Um, 
I was given the Graduate of Distinction Award and I was introduced with all these things I do. And the woman... Um, 45 who, minutes later. Well, the woman who was the keynote speaker of the day, so I can't remember if she was getting an honorary doctorate, but something like that. She, she met me later and she said, I was wanting to have fire thrower put in there. And I was, she, said, <laughs> when this, she said, what do you do? I said, those things. Right. Yep. And you've, you've got some... Um... You've got, you know what I love about when parents have spaces like this and you have all these beautiful like world-class artists and then not that the kids aren't, but it's so fun when you have art from young minds, like people that haven't totally transitioned out of the first part of, you know, when they're leaving the spirit world to come fully get grounded here on earth, they're not quite all the way conscious yet, right? And so they still have this vague recollection of this other realm they're coming from. And so their art is a different kind of profound in this, and this footprint and this mom one and, and just for yeah, you, my daughter's so face with the just for you. And then you're looking, so you're good. looking right at Lynn Huris too, right. because uh, she's the a Raven. visual artist who yeah. I've worked with for two decades. Well, now. I sang at her wedding. You said, that's how we met. That's how we met. I, I don't think we really met each other that day, No, but uh, you passed. We were, passed. we were both focused on Gary and Lynn. We were, and Bath. I was the MC, and you were the And I was the CM. The that doesn't make any sense. I don't even know what, what? that means. It's just the opposite. I could, I could so go somewhere with that. I'm, I right. would say I'm a professional musician, a trumpet player. I say that I'm a storyteller. I'm a producer, so I create. But most importantly, and the thing that I think encompasses me fully, is I'm a teaching artist. Mm-hmm. So I take the skills of being a professional artist, a professional musician, and I bring them into community in a way that can affect change within the community. And so I take those skills, I, I partner them with the discipline of being a, an educator, and I look at ways that I can come into community and, and disrupt. <laughs> you should see her face right now. Um, <laughs> yes, well, that's what, that's what an, a teacher will do often, too, especially nowadays, I feel like... There's a lot of teachers that are the most front lines of all of the change that needs to be happening. They are supporting the kids in a lot of ways, right? Oh, the teachers this year, especially you know? this pandemic uh, year and a half, there are heroes. These people are these people are wearing capes. I saw. You just I don't saw, always see the capes. I saw right invisible capes. <laughs> oh my god! So uh, my little girl Luma, she's she's six. She was going through grade one this year, and her teacher, for example, also had kids at home that aren't are being homes like doing online schooling of their own while she's trying to work out the technology all of this stuff and like I, I said, mean, everybody capes. was capes <laughs> definite capes and and they're doing a lot of um support of the kids too in the emotional way where we're dealing with all of these you know climate catastrophe <laughs> you know on the doorstep and you know about climate change right now with these and the kids are getting it, and the teachers are fielding that before anyone oh. else. More, more of the right. If you That's want to learn anything, yeah. go into a kindergarten class for a week. Hmm. Like if you want to learn anything, um, one of the things when we're structuring projects that we do, if we're structuring it for high school or for university or even for older older people, is always go back to kindergarten. Always look at whatever you're creating and and look at the open structure that happens when your mind is being created and and melded when you're five years old or six years old. And if we can think of structuring things in a way that appeals to that 
openness of a brain, you're going to create something really good. So I think we always think that as you get higher into your grades, that you're learning something better and that you're getting more skilled. We very rarely look back down to those kindergarten classes. And, and kindergarten and grade one, those people are incredible with how they teach everything. And you're right, they're fielding all the questions first. Mm -hmm. And those teachers are really taking a worldview that's vast. And those that are that are absolutely the experts at what they do are able to integrate everything into what those kids are doing in every minute that they're there. And those are the people I learn so much from. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just learned even as a parent. Oh, and as an artist, you see that dedication because I'd say that's got to be one of the hardest things emotionally as well as far as a job, like a career, because you're going through the summer, you're going through the holidays, you're going day and night all the time, and you're dealing with these little kids and such a profound impact that you can't be in that work unless you're doing it with love. It's a passion. I think it's a passion. Right. It's a calling. I, I think yeah, the people that really be. are doing that, and I know some really amazing kindergarten and grade one teachers, like really amazing, and it's a calling. It's something that they, it, I would say being an artist is a calling too. I wouldn't say that our society well, goes, yeah. wow, especially during the pandemic when everything got shut down. I think us artists, we're like, hey, what about us? Oh, you mean we're not necessary? <laughs> you know what? I tried to stay kind of quiet. I just sort of retreated back, and I actually had some really beautiful people that were that were more cognizant of it than I didn't reach out at all and I had a few people send an email and say hey um you must be out of work can I send you an e-transfer of a little bit of this and that I know it's Christmas I know you got a daughter I had some people do that some lovely house concert hosts or someone had been at concert and connected and I had a few people reach out like that and I just I just thought that 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 was a beautiful thing and um I bet well, I hope people do that for teachers, too. I hope they do, too. I certainly, you know? I certainly try and do that for teachers. Yeah. I mean, I, at the very end of the year, I put that huge thank you up on social media. And right. I just said, we asked a lot of you this year, and you delivered not just, not just to the kids, but to the parents. Talk and, about having to hold community together. Yeah. And you were collaborating with them through, throughout the year. I mean, I this was. is including you, of course. You're both the teacher and the artist, so... Well, yeah. a little bit, though. I Again, um, I didn't have to go into the schools this year because I wasn't allowed to go into the schools, and mm -hmm. so I really feel they were the superheroes. And for the two opportunities that I had to be an artist in residence for an extended period of time in schools, we had to rely so much on the teachers being our eyes and ears in the classroom. And so they became, without even meeting any of them in person, they became our person in the classroom. And so I've developed relationships with these teachers that possibly are stronger than if we'd gone in in person because we relied on them so significantly. Mm. And there, there was a little bit of reticence um, when we first came into the residency because the teachers are worried that it's going to be more work for them and we're all learning this technology. But very early on, we decided to distill it back to joy and music. What are we offering? Joy and music. There was curriculum attached to that, but I wanted to make sure all the time that the overarching theme for this year, no matter what it was that I was doing or I was working with Walter doing, that it encapsulated joy and music. And that's what we heard back at the end of these residencies from the kids. I'm, I'm going to out you a little bit. Um, we've been using one of um, Matt's songs called Water and Love. He gave us permission to bring it into the schools. And so 
about 3,500 uh, human beings have learned this song this year, and we just finished a residency last week where this five-year-old came up and said, Miss Samantha, I just need you to know that every time I meet a new best friend, the song that goes through my head is Water in Love, because that's what that song makes me feel like, like I'm meeting new friends. So you've, you've created something really special. <laughs> that is just, the, I mean, the praise that comes from a child is so genuine. It's not, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's, she hasn't That's, thought about that. No, she just said it. And then even, she sang she's it. She's thinking about the song. And then she sang the it. Thing. And the, the sad part for me this particular year, though I'm hoping we make up for it in the future, is these students sang it to Walter and myself, but they didn't sing it to you. And uh, so, I, you know, I would text message you and say, you can't believe this, this is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, but I can't wait till you get to hear these kids sing your words back to you because they've become part of their hearts as well. And that's... I mean, that's what changes it's the so world. It's so beautiful to gather around. I know we were chatting about this um, the other evening, but um, you know how how when you create a piece of art, it doesn't feel like like this is this is a product of me or something like that. Or I could take. I mean, everybody says it. It's it's nothing new. But the point is, the joy is gathering around it with other people, where you get to witness it and see it from their perspectives or hear it or. Whatever, and I mean, you're always you're a project person, you. Yeah, I am. Samantha. I'm a serial projectist. <laughs> you're you a serial pro projectist. I, I like that. So, I mean, you mentioned Walter. That's Walter McDonald Whitebear. You were talking about how he likes magpies. You mentioned him going into schools together with him. Um, I know that you guys. So you're teaching through the National Arts Center as well, together. We are, we're a cross-cultural team. So seven years ago, the National Arts Center picked him off a website. I call him my mail-order uh, partner. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like online dating for collaborators. For collaborators. So, <laughs> so they picked him from a website and um, beautiful flute player, drummer, guitar. And um, they just kind of throw us together. So it's not like we met each other and we chose each other through an interview process. Both of us uh, were put together because we work for the National Arts Center. And so it's been a, um, it, it's been a process of relationship, you know? I, I call him my, right now I call him my work husband because mm -hmm. we do so much work together that sometimes I talk to him more than I talk to my husband. And we've really, we're very different people. Like anyone who knows us knows how different we are, but anyone who knows us also knows that it's those differences between the two of us that make the synergy between the two oh, of us. Oh, it's excellent. Uh, work so well. I mean, I haven't even seen you guys work together. I've just hung out with you, <laughs> and, and it's, it's amazing. Hilarious. Like it's yeah, what I, a good yeah. It's a it, the chemistry is good, uh, yeah. um, but it didn't happen right away, you know. Uh, matter of fact, if you had Walter on this interview, he'd tell you that I ignored him for the first three days. I did not ignore him. There just was another art artist, uh, Jacob Pratt, who, um, another Indigenous artist. And Jacob and I just kept getting put together. And and I think Walter was a little bit like, what do you mean Sam's going with Jacob again? <laughs> but it, it wasn't that way. Um, I'll get the real story from you, Walter the one real, of these days. You'll get yeah. the, you will get the real story from Walter. But... Um, so we, we, it took a while till we kind of found our groove. I, and when I say a while, and I think this is something that's happening in Canada right now, as we're looking at truth and reconciliation, is that we say it requires a relationship. And relationship isn't 10 minutes. It's not even a month. It's not even a year. A relationship is like a decade. It's two decades. It's really getting to know each other. And the mm. two of us have traveled together now for seven years, where sometimes we're doing 
um, a 10 hour road trip before we even get to the school and then when we finish the school we've got two hours to get to the next town so it's like going on the road with your buddies sure and that's what we do and you know we're we're the team that's had to go into the the restaurant in some community where we get stared at because i'm not indigenous and he's indigenous and or maybe it's both just because you both are really hot well i what's that it's that too (laughs) holy who's these hot couple that just walked in here holy smokes walter would say that's the reason (laughs) that's the reason walter would say it's because we're so hot yeah and um so we've we've definitely looked at the this this world through the lens of each other's eyes and that takes time right like relationship takes time well and and as we all know that the idea of relationship or or anything brought being brought into right relationship which is sort of what the reconciliation word comes from yeah um it's a balancing that happens all the time it's more like checking in every once in a while you know you could have a marriage that's it's a couple decades long and doesn't mean because you've put in the t- couple decades that the relationship has been established and therefore you can ignore it oh no it's of course work. because then it's over yeah yeah so so it it just it just never ends and and that's actually like not a liability no no, no. that's the only way it's forward amazing. with anything right friendship Is checking in yeah and and what i would say during the pandemic uh, in walter in my case um, we've talked to each other almost every single day of the pandemic. And that beginning when the artists, like, we were booked out two years into the future, and then everything systematically was taken away. And we would talk to each other every day about what this felt like for both of us. And so we were kind of each other's rock through this because we were having a similar experience, especially because a lot of the work that we were supposed to be doing was together. Right. So that work got taken away. Now, what's ironic is then come January, uh, we had the school take a risk with bringing us in virtually. That's this year, 2021. Yeah, 2021. So in January, they called us. They, I think what they were hoping to do, we were supposed to come in in September of 2020. And I think they were hoping we would be in person at some point. So they just kept putting it back and putting it back. Well, January hit and we thought, we're not going in in person this year. It's not going to happen. So they decided to take a risk on us, and that was the first time Walter and I really got to jump in together on anything before anyone even knew how to use the digital interfaces to go into schools. So there was a dance company, Dance Ed, in Toronto. Amazing company, two young women that have graduated from Ryerson. Stepped up to the table, I met them on a webinar, and they set me up completely from what exact chords I needed, what microphones I needed, how I could get music into my computer, how I could play along with it on a mic. They set me up completely. Walter, being a guitar player, he was a bit faster with using the interfaces, but he was coming over to my house and lending me his microphones. And we got set up so that we could go into a school for four weeks where every day we taught seven classes of 30 kids for four weeks. And we built capacity and did an artist residency Unbelievable. So we kind of got out the gate before even a lot of the National Arts Center teaching artists even were able to. The United States, there were a few artists that kind of um, were at about the same time period, but this one dance company in Canada really were, were forward thinking and got ahead of it and then helped us. So the community all kind of came together. And once we figured it out, we were able to mentor people all across Canada and we were doing professional development for other artists to show them what we were doing and how we were doing it. I still will say that the chemistry between Walter and I, even when we weren't in the same room, was pretty palpable and wonderful for the kids. So that was pretty, that was nice. pretty fun to parachute in with my friend and, and my fellow teaching artist and be there for the kids. And 
some of the teachers that were resistant to it after one session were like, this is awesome. Like we get to have Sam and Walter and uh, they get to come in. So it's been an interesting ride for and sure. That, that work with the National Arts Center together has been how long? It's been seven, seven years. years. Yeah, seven right. years now. Yeah, you mentioned And that. Cheryl Suapegaham was my first cross-cultural teaching partner. And, and we were, um, we started 2009, 2010. So we were together four years before Walter and I, but um, a shorter time period actually than what Walter and I have actually now put in. Um, but Cheryl and I were friends before the National Arts Center put us together. So that one was a, um, that one was a quicker relationship to translate for kids watching us because we already knew each other before. Whereas right. Walter and I really were the blind, blind date. <laughs> right. And so, there's something about the male female too. Yeah. That's quite beautiful. And kids really love the male role model coming in uh, with with the female role model as well. There's a yin and yang that happens there that's quite special. Yeah, it's terrific. I, well, I mean, so, I mean, I love that you're mentioning these specific collaborators because they're um, people I've had the joy to get to know slowly through this other project that we're collaborating on, which we should get into because... We should. Because it's actually going to be um, not too long before it's before we're going to be out on the land at the Leighton Arts Center here in uh, Alberta. I'm in Calgary with you right now. And I had to I had to look outside to be like, which city am I in again? And no. it's raining. If people can hear the rain, there's thunder and lightning coming down on this beautiful July 2nd day. And we decided to capture it because it is called Drinking the Water. So yeah, Wandering with Wonder. Wandering with Wonder is something we've been working on, what, for three years? <laughs> Four years? I've been working on for five yeah, this is this is this is something that came to you first. Like several of the large-scale productions, Rocky Mountain Fairy Tales. Was is there something before that that I'm forgetting? No, it started with Rocky Mountain Fairy Tales, then more Rocky Mountain Fairy Tales, which was a jazz, and then from Blue to Red, which is the that's the one, which the is space the book, one. the space one, and that one came after the first two projects that I did yeah. uh, with the fairy tales. These have been very beautiful projects to also learn about and get to know you at the same time as having a little baby and then her growing up and now now little Luma's here playing with your kid. Well, they're not kids anymore. They're young ladies. And um, the, the circles, I just got to say this, the circles that are happening, the overlap in your life and my life and so many others, but it's the two of us sitting here, so yours and mine, um, are absolutely insane there's just, there's just so much overlap you know right now my daughter's basically like learning things from both of your kids and and your daughter who i've known since she was luma's age is now singing on the record that me and isaac uh, murdoch are putting out called you were chosen to be here and um that should be out shortly and uh, so, so Nora Kotkis is singing on there, your daughter, and then, uh, and then your friends Cheryl Subegham and Walter McDonald White Bear and Chris Andrew, who we haven't talked about yet, but he's, but pe people that are very integral to this project that we're working on, because you've introduced me to them. You're such a connector of people, and you know I find that find that I look up to you in that way as well because I love doing that but I see how you do it so masterfully um Paul Johnston so you, Paul Johnston's going to be on your album now right too. Uh, yeah right that's and that's a brand new one too so these are the 
this yeah exactly Paul Johnson and Chris Andrew and Cheryl Subegham and Walter McDonald Whitebear and probably and Nora and then who I don't know everyone that I've just been meeting through you I'm like oh my god I gotta I gotta do something with these people they're so amazing and they generally would probably not say yes to me if we hadn't had if I hadn't had this Sam stamp of approval you know um, anyways, it's just been, it's just been amazing and what a gift to be, um, part of this project in the last years, because as it's become really, um, started forming and really coming together, it's been also the toughest time a lot of us have gone through. Oh. Of course, we've all gone through struggles, struggles before of different kinds, but, but of this course was we've been going through this universal pandemic yeah. and, and like you mentioned, artists, um, it's been hard, right? It's been, oh, my it's goodness. been the, for me, the disappearance of my income at work. Although I, I poured into songwriting with your daughter and I was going to say, I was actually going to say one of the highlights of the pandemic for the listeners. Uh, you need to hear this because I wasn't having a good pandemic. I'm not how, sure how yours was going, but my one's not going so well. And I was feeling a lot of grief and a lot of loss. And we would have been about three months into the pandemic and Matt called my daughter. Well, maybe it was you and I talking we and were my talking daughter first. just happened to be there. And you challenged her. You said, you know, when I'm not finding it hard to write, what I do sometimes is I challenge myself to write a song a day. And you said, Nora, what you should do is write a song a day. And then my very bright daughter turned it around on Matt and said, you know what we should do, Matt? We should each write a song a yeah, day. She said, she said, I will if you do. That's what she said. And I'm listening and I, to the now conversation. I can't say no. no, now he couldn't say no. So um, all of a sudden, the two of them are writing a song a day for seven days. And I got to witness. Like, I got to be there for this. It was unbelievable. And it changed my whole mindset around and showed me just how important art is in our lives, especially when we're grieving and especially when we're going through something as tough as this pandemic has been. And I would say even what we're maybe going to face in the, in the coming years. So this, this experience of getting to hear my, you know, two people who I love dearly um, share their innermost thoughts through the medium of music at a time when I was pretty low was pretty extraordinary. And the music that's come out of it is going to be on Matt's next album. And my daughter's looking at putting out an album too now. And that was pretty special. We, we need each other, you know. Yeah. I know that's not surprising to you, Matt, but we need each other. And this, this idea of connection that you're talking about, every project I've done has done this. It's connected people from every single level of um, life, walk of life. So this From Blue to Red project you're talking about connected Canadian astronauts to people who were professional artists, a creative leadership team, to high school students, to uh, the teachers in the school. They were, they were part of our knowledge base that was part of the project to the junior highs that were in the area, to the elementary schools. At one point, we brought five or six elementary schools. My friend Ross McIntyre and I co-created it together. We were co-producers. I shouldn't say we co-created it, sorry. We were co-producers. Those kids created it. Uh. I mean, those kids put their heart and soul into it. And they told us on a Friday afternoon when it wasn't part of the school timetable that these high school students would end up not showing up. 
Well, we started with 50 and we ended with 120 kids. It was a snowball effect. They, wow. they started telling each other what was happening on Friday afternoons and that real Canadian astronauts were coming in to talk to them and that they were getting to meet some of the best artists in the community. And there were uh, business leaders that Ross brought in to be part of this too. And these kids could see that this mattered more than just themselves. And I think a lot of it was because Ross kept telling them it mattered more than just themselves. And it, it, really showed me, especially that project, what happens when you bring together a team of that magnitude that all care deeply. And I, I w could only hope that Wandering with Wonder was going to do that. But I'll tell you when I knew it was. I mean, I called all you guys separately and everybody's like, yeah. Uh -huh. And I know at the beginning of a project, it's someone else's project and people kind of sign on because, um, well, maybe this could be cool. We'll see if she can even manage to get it fundraised and all the rest of it. When it really happened for me is when we went to Banff and it was with Cheryl Sue Bangham, Chris Andrew, yourself and, and me. And we spent three days there and we all had different expectations going in. Like Cheryl wanted a schedule. She wanted to know when she would be free in the evenings. And Chris just wanted to work 24 seven because when he walks into a place, he works 24 seven. You wanted to have fun because MADAP is about the work and the fun. And I just wanted to make sure that we were going to create something that was going to have legs and that was going to be creatively and, and I'm going to, I'm going to even say it spiritually important. Like I wanted to, so we all had something different. Well, we didn't leave that room. We went into that studio at the, at the band. And it was center. everything that everybody wanted. Well, but perhaps, perhaps not the time off for Cheryl. No, no, but she did, then she <laughs> no. found out she didn't actually want that. No, because you're getting She didn't want to leave the room. Everything that was happening in that room was the spiritual, the rest, the fun, the, the work. The, because we went through that stuff like this. This project you had very much further along, like your husband was saying, um, than, than you thought as you mm. went into it, which the first draft of anything often is, right? So we went in there and you were graceful to keep it open and, and bounce it off of us. And we had a lot of discussion. And sometimes you're like, wow, I don't really have any right to be jumping in at this, what seems like a late stage to, to say how I feel about it. But it was, it was amazing. Oh, I don't think it was a late stage. You guys all. It, it just felt like it because sweet. it was, it was already so cohesive and it was, Oh, that's some good wow. thunder. I'm sure you can hear that on the microphones. Um, I think it's they're saying the, the, the thunder beings. They're saying yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. The wow, thunderbirds. I mean, wow. So it was it was pretty. It was so we were at the Banff Art Center. Yeah, and the, it was a very short amount of time. Three one, days. Usually people go. Usually people go for months. Yeah. And earlier in my career, I had gone for six months. When Tom and Isabel Ralston were running the music and sound program, mm -hmm. they mentored us. And when we first showed up, I'm a classically trained trumpet player. I was getting ready to win an audition in an orchestra. And very quickly, they were like, no, 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 honey, you're an artist and you're here to think big and you're here to think about how you can make the world a better place. Like you're yeah, here. They're like, here's your room. Here's the trumpet practice room here's the auditorium here's the kitchen you'll find the magic mushrooms in the second drawer oh, to the no, left no. no i'm just joking oh we're sort of not, i mean yeah. who knows i mean it's a bath art center <laughs> they won't say it but no. <laughs> and, and and then you find out very quickly that you're you're being challenged to think of yourself as an artist a matter of fact the first day you get there and this happened with you as well you're given that card and it says mad up artist and that's the first time for myself it was always samantha wheel and Cocos trumpeter or musician and at the BAM Center it was Samantha Whelan musician or artist and I was like I'm an artist 
I have to think like an artist. So I would say probably the seeds of who I am and what I've become was because of Isabel Ralston and Tom Ralston and their wow. vision at the BAM Center. Well, so bless them. Bless them. Yeah. Really bless them. I, beautiful I mean, Canadians. I mean, yeah, like sure. beautiful Canadians. And it made sense for me that we would, we would uh, go there with the four of us. What I was going to say about that is if the four of us hadn't had such a strong connection and if we hadn't put a foundation under this project that was as strong as that foundation was, I'm not sure we would have survived through the pandemic. It could have dissipated, it could have spun very quickly, um, not into a project, but we'd already, we it's, had it way started, too much of a foundation. It started spawning other projects. Oh yeah. I mean. We've had three or four projects for sure that have, at least, actually I can probably name a whole bunch more than just the two that you're working on right now. Mm-hmm. We've probably had five projects that have come out of this and during the pandemic, people had time and they were calling to ask about the Indigenous artists I work with. And they're collaborating now with Walter McDonald White Bear and Cheryl Sivapegaham as well. So they're going to be moving in ways after this time period with a myriad of other people also because of this project. Now we're hearing hail. We've got hail, hail. we've got lightning, we've got thunder, <laughs> we've got our glasses of water. <laughs> And um, I'm gonna let's have a let's have a little sip of water here. Mm-hmm. We're drinking the water. I drank the As water a falls, long time ago. <laughs> you drank the water a long time ago. It's affected water. you, I could tell. Yes. <laughs> um, so so wandering with wonder. Can you? I mean, it's about there's. Okay, so it's happening September 18, 19, this year. 2021. Shortly. 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 Only three shows. Of 100 people. 100 people each because of the pandemic, but also because part of it is live and part of it's in headphones. And we need these little radio transceivers. And we only were the Calgary Stampede is graciously uh, lending them to us so that we can use them. And uh, we only have 100 for the audience. So we're really limited. It doesn't even with the pandemic restrictions. It's not even that it's the radio transceivers. At night, I've been reading my book. Um, or my daughter's uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's like the Willy Wonka golden ticket if you it, get to come to this. That's right. No, it is. It's I've been totally telling like everybody. That. I've been telling everybody. It's, it's totally the Willy like Wonka that. golden I mean, at the t- let's, we can be pretty open with our audience here because, you know, if they've got this far, they, um, they're they a gracious bunch, right? So They sure are. So, um, so basically, at the time of recording, this is in July. Yeah, but, we're in July right now. But by the time they're listening to it, it's a bit later. So there's already few tickets left. So right, by the time you're listening, we might have out. printed gold or sold out, printed golden tickets and started distributing them. Um, it might be sold out, but who knows? Who we knows? feel like we feel like there's something. I can say we because we've talked about this. I feel like something. We feel like something um, greater than than just the human components or the ideas is happening around this. Yeah, it is. I feel yeah. like this. This project, this wandering with wonder, and I'm going to get you to speak to describe the story a little bit, um, really has come at a very important time. It's like so many things in art where, where you know, um, a song, as a songwriter, I'll say it this way, is that a song will come before you know what it means. It'll come before it's needed. It'll be born into a world where it'll grow up and it'll have the skills. I feel like Luma's like that, my daughter. I feel like your kids are like that. I feel like actually all kids are like that. We're and I like feel that. like I feel like we're like that. And when, and when uh, Isaac and I and Shannon 
um, Shannon Paul, his girlfriend, and um, a good friend of mine as well. When we wrote You Were Chosen to Be Here, it's about that. That's why our album is called that. And it's about, and that describes also this project and, and us. We were chosen to be here, even though, you know, I, I trip over my own tongue in a conversation like this. It, I feel like this is important too. I feel like it's important that there's rain falling heavily because it's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard. Uh, do I have to finish that? It's a hard, man. Yes, it's going to fall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I just feel like, I feel like these songs and these projects, Water and Love, kept coming out of Wandering with Wonder. Oh, I listened to The Girl you know, Who Walks that... the World this morning, and I thought, I can't believe that came out of this project because it could sit by itself. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be part of this project, but the fact that this project inspired those already and, and the other artwork. It's, oh, can it's can a, I it's speak amazing. a little bit about the choral works that are, are part of, well, should well, I go back the, to the beginning? I'm just, you will have to go back a little bit. Um, but I wanted to just finish that I think that, I think that each one of you listening falls in this category too, because your spirit inhabiting energy and matter that's always shifting and this and the time and space is is only really you know um in this realm and hardly even that and i just feel like i feel like there's so much magic right now in fact i feel so much magic in this exact moment that that i I just want to listen to the rain for five seconds. There's things being born in this time, just like there's, there's things that this rain is going to give life to, and it's going to be growing all around us. Sometimes it takes a forest fire. Sometimes it takes something else for everything to be raised, maybe a pandemic um, and raised in the way that it gets knocked down, you know? Um, but new, this is a time of new life. This is a time of, this is truly an apocalyptic time because that word means the end of something where something else is going to grow. It must end. And these are works of art that will be, well, the first anthemic pieces of art to go forward. Yeah. You know, it's, it's hail at the moment, but, you know, it won't be long and it'll be Thunderbirds you know, dropping little pieces of Thunderbird poo on us or something, you know, like maybe hail is Thunderbird poo. Who knows? Who knows? But I just, I just feel like it's such a magical time and, and there's so much, also there's so much suffering and, and destruction and hard stuff coming. But as somebody Oh, I don't even know if it's coming. It's here. Oh yes. That's what I meant. Thank you. Um, but as I was reflecting on and, and um, having conversations with someone this summer about um, the question was asked, his name was Stephen uh, Martin and, and known as the sacred gardener and he said, well, but what feeds the love? And it's sort of like this acknowledgement because we'll never get away from this darkness or the death and violence and suffering. As long but, as there are but two But how humans. can that feed this, right? <laughs> As long, but what feeds the love and it's just the environment that we're in right now is is ripe 
And since we can't get away from these things, we can create the most courageous and bold acts of love and selflessness. And there's something so beautiful going to grow out of this forest fire that's like, you know, which represents the violence, our own, you know. We're not going to escape the natural consequences of our human history. It's all going to be uncovered. And, and like my friend Steve Bell says, the apocalypse now is, is like a, it's more of like a veil lifting. And we'll, we'll get and to see healing. what... And there well, will the be veil healing. has to lift and to be seen, right? Yeah, that's correct. And You're so the and the healing is wrapped in that love, and 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 beyond talking about that is like the art that we make in this time, these relationships that we're making as we co-create together. Now let's take that beautiful thing that we're experiencing, and of course it's been experienced before in the past, in long old cultures, and you know in every age. But now let's extend it past the humans. Mm. Let's co-create with our other relatives too. Mm. You know, let's co-create our gardens like we're learning to do again. Let's mm. co-create with the earth. Let's let's live in a beautiful reciprocal relationship with all other life, and we can. And it's so beautiful. And and when we get songs and we get, I mean, you have been working so tirelessly, Sam, on this project. And it's the one of the many things that you're doing. You're playing trumpet in a symphony. You're, you're teaching with the Art, National Arts Center. You're coordinating a million things, including two teenagers and, um, and a marriage and a home. And, like, you know, and then you have this epic thing that should have had a team of people spearheading it. And you've, you're taking it on on your own. And it's just it's mind-blowing. But these are the kind of beautiful things I know that you know what it means in this time for these things this is a service when we need it we as we as like all other life need it yeah and i you know when it this did start as an idea five years ago so it was much before the pandemic and the idea was i had been uh studying murray schaefer's work for the national arts center and he brings art into the outdoors and i thought oh what a cool thing because most of my career has been about bringing the art inside the concert hall, or art, the nature, into the concert hall. So I would talk about the Rocky Mountains, and I would talk about the energy that's there, and the, the fairies that live there, but really the, fairy, the fairies were the elements, and they were all the magic that is the elements and is nature. And I always brought that inside to families. And when I started looking at Murray Schaefer's work, I thought, wouldn't it be cool to, to do the next project outside? I mean, it comes with a lot of issues and problems, but you know what? If I hadn't decided to do an outside production, we wouldn't be going live in September because I don't think big concert halls are going to be open to that level yet. It will be happening, but not yet. And so because this was an outside project, we're getting to take this artwork that has incubated, and I truly believe that it's incubated during, we know it has, because the relationships that have been built um, with you and Chris Andrew, and you and Cheryl, and, and even between you and, and me, 
they've been incubated through this time because we've needed each other and we've talked talk to each other and then we've gone on to do different little projects where we've invited each other. I played trumpet for you on the piece that you and Luma did, right? Uh, right. It was, the very, it was the very first recording I did of myself on trumpet in my own studio to go on to your track and that yeah. happened in the pandemic so yeah, it's been Luma's hello hello track hello hello and it was so beautiful and that you and Chris and Andrew played on that Chris Andrew played on it too so you invited us into this experience that we both had a, a lot of fun being part of and we got to feel like we were all together even though one of us was in Edmonton one of us was in Ontario and one of us was in Calgary like mm. that was pretty special so we've had this time to incubate throughout the pandemic and the art that's going to be, I know I also know that the art that's going to be created for Wandering with Wonder became much richer and more. We weren't going to have some of the pieces that are now going to be premiered in September on the program, except people had time. Cheryl Sue Pegaham, in the middle of the pandemic, came here in the winter. We walked the land at the Leighton Arts Centre, and she created a brand new piece about Mother Earth that it was never originally going to be on our program that incorporates the sounds of the earth with the singers. It's extraordinary. It made me cry. Mm. We just recorded it last week and made me cry. It was so beautiful. So that would never have happened not given this amount of time and this amount of space. So, you know, a stew is better once it's stewed in its own juices for a while. Um, <laughs> that's an excellent metaphor. Um, so what and, and is this program? I'm, I'm going to let our listeners know. Wandering with Wonder is a project that is a, an immersive outdoor experience, a, experience that uses um, actors, musicians, a um, puppet that you're going to follow, and it takes you on this experience on the land uh, where you just get to follow and walk and wonder as you're walking. And it started as this idea to really look at the land, the sky, and, and the land, the sky, and the water, and be inspired by it to create something that was going to go on the land. And so my, my seed and my kernel was that, and then very lucky to get to do a residency out at the McIntyre Ranch that kind of let me walk the land a lot. And then Chris Andrew came in at, at that stage and we walked together and we dreamed. We just got to dream which I will say as an artist was a little bit overwhelming, and you know this, Matt, that at the beginning I was worried I wasn't gonna create something good enough for all the artists that I had on the project. And I didn't sleep very much because I was so concerned that it wasn't gonna be good enough. So I'm hoping it's good enough. We'll uh, be premiering Oh, in it's September so beautiful, it's so beautiful. And I mean, I don't even know, I don't even have, I mean, I've heard, I've heard the germination of a lot of the music and the story and things like that, but the things you're fostering every time I get led into anything, you know, earlier today we met Annie, the costume designer and creator, and holy smokes, that's really, <laughs> again, um, I decided earlier this year that I was going to adopt holy smokes as my, my thing, I don't know, it just reminded me of my um, Manitoba roots or something like that, but, so I keep saying it. Anyways, um, yeah, so the costume, just every, t every time that I meet anybody that's involved in the project, I'm like, wow, this is another person that I'm so grateful to know that I need to work with again just to spend more time with them, you know, or, or whatever. This project really is a collection of my life. So this has been my life travels to date and who I've collected along, along like Matt Epp. 
who I've collected on my life travels. It really was. And um, I knew after the From Blue to Red project, Chris had had a moment where a student had written a, a beautiful piece, piano piece. And we, weren't, we only had one day where we could record all the music with the professional musicians. And so we were using all the pieces that required the most professional musicians. And this one only required one. It only required piano. And so we weren't sure we were going to have time to get to it in the day. But we were at the very end and the musicians were chomping at the bit to get out of there because they had gigs that night. And I, I quietly said to Chris, would you mind recording this last piece for this student? She's worked four months on this piano part and she'd love to hear it realized through your your lens and he sat down and he played it and it was beautiful and all the musicians were kind of quietly packing up as he was recording it and he finished and then people were about to boot out and Chris said I can do better all the musicians put their gear down sat down because when Chris Andrew says I can do better we are gonna listen he played something that made all the hair on my arms stand up and this girl was crying and she went from being someone who was part of our composition team to introducing herself as, hi, I'm a composer. Because wow. Chris elevated this piece. And I remember, I think there was something in my mind at that moment that went, oh, I need to work with this guy. Like, I, I, I will find something hmm. that I will work with this guy. And Cheryl and I had been talking for 15 years about a project we would eventually work on. We didn't know what it was going to be, but eventually we're going to work together. This project became that. You had come and done house concerts at my house, and I love and adore your music, love and adore you. Um, I, you wrote a song called, is it Take Me Away or Take You Away? Take You Away. Take You Away. That really spoke to me. Um, beautiful piece of music. If you haven't heard it, you need to check it out. And um, when I played it to the executive director of the Leighton Art Center, I, I played her something of yours, something of Chris Andrews, something of Cheryl Sue Peggingham's. She said, I'm in, I'm 100% in, this is a beautiful idea, I love it, as long as that man, Matt Epp, will be coming. And at that point, you yeah. lived in Ontario, I wasn't sure that was going to be possible, you travel a lot throughout the year. How strange that we're coming out of something where we, none of us have gigs, and none of us have travel plans, and that this will be the phoenix that rises out of the ground for all of us. So there's going to be a magic. There's going to be, um, we're all going to be fresh for performing again. Like I, I can speak only for myself, but I was so busy before the pandemic. I, it was going to be yet another performance I was doing. No, this is going to be the premier performance I'm going and to be doing out of the gate. And such a huge one at the, right, right out of the gate. And, and for the emotions that, and the spirituality and the, like the, well, just the meaning of this even if the pandemic hadn't hadn't happened oh, yeah. just with just the way the world is i want you to talk about who who wonder is because i feel like oh, wonder came I, into the story yeah. late i knew i wanted to write about a turtle a bear a beaver and an eagle and i wasn't i wasn't sure what was going to pull them all together and i started um, my sister and i went to a silent retreat for 3 days <laughs> those this, those people impossible. who know me <laughs> can't believe that i did a silent i bet retreat. you did a 3 day in breath. <laughs> Do you know just, what was surprising? I'm just teasing you. What was surprising about it is that I'm so used to entertaining everyone around me because with speaking that it was really relaxing for me to go three days without speaking and not having to entertain anyone. And I have a party in my own mind, mm -hmm. so that wasn't a problem. My sister had a problem with it. She's the introvert. She's the quiet one. But she didn't like that she had to live in her own mind, and nobody was going to entertain her. So we got to the end of this three-day retreat, and I brought out my journal, and I was 
trying to figure out the name for this because the name really matters. And I'm like, wonderment, wonder, wander. And all these words were coming out, but actually the name didn't even happen. But I have the journal and I, I put it actually out on a, a Facebook post or something the other day. No, that email blast that I did for this show. And I put half the page that showed all these scribblings. I found that fascinating. A month later, I opened that page. Even though it wasn't there, I was like, ah, the name of the show is Wandering with Wonder. That's what it is. It wasn't on the page, but it was all there in oh, different wow. sequences and, and crossed out. out and it, it just jumped out. Yeah. I went, it's Wandering with Wonder. However, yeah. at that moment, I, I really meant wonder at the natural world, like in awe and wonder, wonder and awe. And I just wanted to be in that place of wonder and awe again, you know, right. that child, that through the lens of a child's eyes, right. everything is wonder and awe. And as we get older, everything starts to be about responsibility and work and, and it gets heavy. Yeah, wandering with responsibility <laughs> doesn't have, doesn't the same have ring. a ring. No. <laughs> so I wanted it to have this wonder and awe. And I'd just been in New York. Um, I, I was very, very blessed to be part of this leadership and um, advocacy group for, at the Lincoln Center for teaching artists and got to work with Jean Taylor and Eric Booth. And really, all these teaching artists were coming together and the, the overarching theme seemed to be wonder and awe for the whole week. We were all talking about how that's why we do what we do, wonder and awe, and bringing that to youth and bringing that to children. So I put that in, but there actually wasn't a character yet. And so it's funny. So then I talked to my friend, Carrie McKenna, who happens to be a grade one teacher mm -hmm. and brilliant. And I was driving out to the McIntyre Ranch and I said, I'm stuck in this story and I can't figure it out. And she told me this beautiful story about this, uh, the devil, the devil goes, or sorry, um, uh, God goes to pick up, she teaches at a Catholic school. God yeah, goes to find the devil. Okay. God goes to find the devil and he goes to this fairy and he knows that, that, um, Sorry, the devil goes to find God, and he knows that this fairy is going to be coming, and God's supposed to be on this fairy. So, and he's going to kill God. He's going to kill him. And so he gets there, and he's all ready, and he's mighty, and he's powerful, and he's been working out, and he's got all the weapons, and he's strong. And, and the first boat comes up, and off of the boat comes all these people, and uh, they walk by, and oh, man, God's not there. But this little girl's there. And this little girl comes to say, hey, what you, what you waiting for? What you waiting for? What you doing? And he says, well, I'm... I'm looking for uh, I, I'm looking for God, and I'm gonna kill him because I'm really mad at him. She's like, "Can I? It's okay if I wait with you." He goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, okay. You know, as long as you're not in the way, you can wait with me." So she waits, and the second boat comes on. They're both watching. She's like, "Is that him? Is that him? Maybe that's him. Maybe that's..." And he keeps saying, "No." The, the devil keeps saying, "That's not God." So the third boat comes in, and all these people come off, and they're looking again. And she's like, "Oh, where is he? Where is he? Where is he?" And um, really, the long and the short of the story is uh, the little girl is God, and she's been with the devil the whole time, and she's built a relationship. And there's no way the devil would have killed this little girl because he kind of came to like her, and he kind of then came to love her. And so she tells me this story on my way to the McIntyre Ranch, and she says, I don't know, maybe there's a little girl in your story. Okay, maybe um. there's a little girl. So I got there, and I started writing and this little girl appeared from, I, I just started writing and said, I emerged from the most mysterious place and found myself looking into the eyes of infinity. And boom, and I knew that was Turtle. And then we start following her. It wasn't until months later that I named her Wonder. And so in the show, you find out that you've been wandering with Wonder, but you're wandering with Wonder. And she's this little girl who is everything and nothing at all. So she is 
she is the animals she is the trees she is the stars she is um human she is uh, beyond our galaxy mm. she's everything and nothing at all and she's a shapeshifter she can she can shift into anything so she became pivotal to this story but was never there at the beginning and not even there when i titled the show when i titled wow. the show wandering with wonder i didn't know how she was going to appear and to your point about art not being something really that we create and if we can just open this channel you know elizabeth gilbert's written big magic and i listened to that a lot when i was trying to get myself in the right headspace to be creative again because a lot of us artists we get going with what we do and we start um, getting into a pattern and so to create again you have to go to that really really raw place that empty page that where do we find our inspiration from and we find it from lots of places I find it from magic markers and lots of crayons and big pieces <laughs> of paper I do and so I, I drew all the characters um, I have huge full scrap I could probably pull it out for you but your listeners can't see it and I drew all of these animals for hours and hours I remember I texted Chris a picture of the turtle that I'd drawn because I was like oh, Chris I'm like dying here he's like it'll be fine it'll be great he just believed anything i was going to do was going to be great a lot of, uh, well, lot of I pressure think that, i think that most pressure. people signed up with that same kind of faith you know well like, and then and then you guys inspired me so then everybody started creating um just to take our listeners through it uh the show will open with Matt Epp and two of the pieces that have been commissioned, uh, Water and Love and The Girl Who Walks the World. Then it goes to Chris Andrew. He's written a brilliant piece for Turtle with string quartet and jazz trio. And then it moves to a, a piece about a story about a bear that Chris Andrew wrote for trumpet, uh, which I'm playing on because it's recorded. I'm able to narrate and play on it at the same time. And then we go to Walter McDonald, White Bear. He's written all the music that goes behind him, and it's for guitar, flute, piano, drums, and bass. And we get to experience his character in nature, and, uh, and we're following Wonder along the way. And then we go to Beaver, and we meet Cheryl Sue Pegaham. She's playing the part of Beaver. And uh, there's a choir hidden in the forest. I'm giving away a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, and she teaches a song to the entire all the audience that she created called Laughing Beaver, which happened in Banff, which right. we got to hear and laugh with her. When the choir sang it, uh, they got to the end where there's a laughing part, and they literally started laughing together. And this is the first time the eight of them had been in the same space for 16 months. Wow. The joy of laughing together. And so actually, if you listen carefully, Cheryl's laugh and my laugh are on it too, because we joined Do in. Do they sort of turn into laugh It turns crying? into just laugh. Yeah. Almost no. hysterical. It wasn't laugh crying, but we kept doing that take over and over again because we just wanted to all laugh together again. Wow. It was superb. And then you follow us over a hill and then the, the words stop and the cerebral part of the, the show stops and we go into the spiritual part and you see Yukichi Hattori on the, on the horizon. And a brand new piece that would never have been in the original had we premiered it when it was supposed to premiere, Chris Andrew wrote this eagle intro that is so serene and beautiful and Cheryl is chanting in it and then the trumpet just appears and so I played the trumpet on it and it's kind of almost like out of the mist so it'll be interesting to see what actually happens on the day but it's almost like out of the mist this beautiful eagle appears and then Yukichi dances uh, the spirit of eagle to Chris Andrews composition for solo piano and string quartet um, and we're hoping to add uh, James Campbell on clarinet soaring above that so that'll be beautiful mm. and then um and then our, our, our main character, our wonder character transitions, and I'm not even going to tell you what she transitions to, but she transitions into this beautiful place. 
and the world begins to sing. And 24 singers, uh, Luminous Voices, will be singing Cheryl Sue Peckham's uh, Enchantment of the Crickets um, that she worked on with Chris Andrew. And it will morph into this beautiful Mother Earth. Um, um, I'm going to mispronounce it, so I, I apologize in advance, Cheryl. It's in Cree. Ogiwamowski. And I know I'm not saying that exactly correct, but it is a Mother Earth. And uh, the choir sings that you out of the, um, the entire experience to that. And it will be, I think, transcendent. That was the goal. That you know what? Goal. You know what? If, if something goes absolute haywire and all you could offer the world from this project is the music. was describing it the way you just did, that would, that would be a huge gift. Because you just, I, the reverence you used and the, that you could clearly feel was palpable. And, and, um, and for good reason. These are, these are the way that it all works together and just the story itself, you know, wonder represents all of us and and not just us humans this is like you said everything and nothing at all and um not not shifting shape because she had a shape but just because wonder is everything and everything being in awe at itself and and uh, at a in a community like a self-contained community of all life and all matter and energy and realms and oh it's just it's just stunning and you know what as a as the dad of a little girl mm. I think a little girl is the perfect if if all things had to have be represented in any shape whatsoever it mm. should be in a little girl and I mean I would love to say that I was the architect of that but I, I mean really it was all those forces that ended up uh, bringing it to that I, well, I would also I would also argue that um, that just like Wonder herself is, this is a, of course a story, but it's the story of reality too. Mm. And so it is Wonder herself that has formed herself through us. Yes, yes. This is not, when we see Wonder as a puppet and follow her, we're doing it in this super metaphysical way we're actually literally being led by wonder and by all of creation and all of universe and energy and life and realm and spirit back to our song. And this is this is mm -hmm. what art does and why it's leadership and why you're basically president of the world, Samantha. Oh, no. No. By by being such a I know you're saying no, but I'm just saying like when something some piece of art is this important. And we, of course, we didn't know that the pandemic was going to happen. Of course, we didn't know the climate of every other thing in this country, on this land, and on and all over the world is happening. Of course, the Thunderbirds are talking about it too right now. We can hear them. We can hear the thunder. They're coming. Yeah, this is, they're coming. At, this is kind of crazy. They're, they're coming soon. Um, and I don't. I don't say that lightly. Just so uh, so our audience knows, um, we're just. It's just. It's an awe inspiring time to be part of this this work and also to be just under a heavy rain right now it's kind of cr and we needed it yeah. when you <laughs> talked about balance we needed yeah. it it's been so hot that this rain is oh so relieving i will i will add to this that i've worked with um an amazing puppeteer when i was thinking about this idea of wonder was that going to be an actual physical little girl but because i made her a shapeshifter i thought i actually had this moment where i was in you know quiet reflection 
thinking, how do I actually make this happen so it's believable? And so to your point, this metaphysical point of being able to wander with wonder, she will come into creation from the audience's perspective too, because they're going to have to transfer their, their imagination into this puppet so that it can come to life as well. And so she becomes living, it's almost like Pinocchio, where it becomes living because of the heart of Geppetto. It, it, our audience will bring her to life as well. And Dean Barham is an incredible puppeteer. He can make shadow puppets to me, bring me to tears when they have so few moving pieces and they're in shadow. He embodies even their breathing when I'm watching him. So I knew I wanted to collaborate also with Dean. And when I brought this project to him and asked him to create the puppet, three days later, he called me and he said, would you do me the honor of letting me be the director? And I was in search of a director. I'd asked a few people if they would direct it, and I, I had t been turned down. So for him to turn it to me that way, every time there seems to be a roadblock on this project, and my friend Mary Sullivan, who is the angel for what she, she calls herself. Yeah, I love Mary. Oh, she calls herself the, um, I'm going to get this wrong too, the, the, the primary believer. I'm sorry, Mary, that's not what you call yourself foundational believer in this project she said anytime something happens on this project where it seems like an obstacle something better comes around the corner and she hasn't been wrong so dean barham now gets to take and he hasn't done it yet not he now gets to take everything we've been working on for the last five years and put his lens on it and i have no idea what that's going to look like but i do trust i do well, trust that what what that looks like is going to be unreal because I don't see, I don't see the world. I know you say I'm very visual. I do see it that way. But he's very visual, and he knows how to add the theatrical element in a way that I don't have the expertise. So how beautiful that I get to hand that over to Dean and see what he does. Well, like you said before, this pandemic alone, and just giving extra space for more relationships to strengthen and more people to come in and and um, and explore. Um, because the deadlines are important and, and we, and we were going after them. We were going to do it. We were going to do it. And then being given another year and ex so many more challenges, I mean, that you've been going through. But um, but it, it's been for a reason. Mm, I, you know? I now can say I agree. But I wouldn't have said that at the beginning of the right, pandemic. Right. I grieved every week. I grieved something being no, taken away. And I fought too. hard yeah. to keep us... Even you and I both were talking. We really wanted to make it happen in September. Cheryl, Chris, Walter, we all wanted to keep it going. Isn't that great that that w the pandemic basically were like, oh yeah, we we got to do it because you know there's all these other things and it fits into a maybe a career path or maybe it fits into oh I've got all these other plans, and when things get cut down and the world's been shaken like this, um, it makes us second guess everything and maybe. Maybe for a lot of people like myself, it took, it gave me a, a great pause. Not that I stopped, you know, entirely, but it oh, made, you, you but, didn't but stop. it's like wandering. You, accelerate, you accelerated. Yeah. You and Nora. I'm not sure about that. Well, you and Nora in that one place, like I think that was a pivotal moment for all three of us, even though I wasn't creating at that point. I think that was a pivotal moment. And I think a lot of people have reflected on whether. They even like in, in our field, whether they even want to be an artist anymore. 
And, you know, a beautiful thing happened. I shared this with you earlier today. Yukichi Hattori, who's our ballet dancer in the show, who's going to be dancing Eagle, shared with me when we were out on the land how important my monthly emails were. My re- I thought they were pretty annoying, actually. I was putting together my team emails every month and the highlights of what we've accomplished, even if it was one little thing that we yeah, accomplished. I love those, yeah. And I would send it out to our team. And our team kept getting bigger. We kept adding people to the email list. And one thing, and Yukichi said, those emails gave me hope. They let me, once a month I was reading from you that you'd made progress. It meant we were all going to proceed and find the light at the end of the tunnel of this. I agree. And and I will say, he, I know he's got really big projects on the horizon that are much bigger than Wondering with Wander. But he's really committed to being part of it. And, and I, I feel such huge gratitude. You know what I loved about those emails too? I actually, and I'm not sure if I had even thought of it until just picturing them when you spoke about, I pictured one of them in my head and I, and I saw that it was, everyone was CC'd, carbon copied. It wasn't blind. So we could all see each other's names in there. And um, I loved that because it actually felt like we were kind of in the same room together. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? When it's a blind carbon copy, you're like, who's tricking me here? Who's let in on this that, you know, it's it dressed back to you or something. And you're like, I don't know who's, I can't reply to this. I don't know. who I I know it's not like that all the time, but I, usually it's annoying, right? If somebody doesn't, you, of course, it's a different thing because we're all working together. But um, if somebody puts you on a thing, you're like, oh, I don't want someone to have my email, you know. But this was beautiful. I was like, wow, I'm in it's esteemed company, you know. I get I get laid in on this. This is amazing. Uh, everybody felt that about you too, Matt. Well, so I think they felt in esteemed company. And I think there was something about creating relationship and community, even when we couldn't physically see each other, that was so vital for me. I mean, I felt like I was part of something. And um, I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. So this um, this is early in our in the Drinking the Water podcast um, and and we established in episode one that it was a glass of water that would be the timing of the podcast. And so we've got to the bottom of our glasses of water. We've got a sip less we've got left. A sip each. left. I, I think, think we so. stopped drinking so that we could keep <laughs> yakking about this stuff. Yeah. Um, Sam, there's so much more that of course that we talk about all the time and that we could talk about and that I'd love people to know about you and, um, and that we could explore together um, and I'm sure we'll have another chance to talk on this, on this thing, especially, um, yeah, I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Especially, you know, wandering with wonder is going to happen shortly. And yeah. the, the music that I've been working on with you and your family and your, and the, our collaborators in here is going to be coming out. And of course, everybody else's projects as well. There's just going to be such a flood of wonderful things growing here washing in with this rain you know and mm. um and so that's i'm, yeah, I'm just really excited to share all that stuff with people and of course i'll be posting on uh the instagram and everything like that um drinking the water podcast has an instagram that's the handle fantastic um and and of course um my matt ep one and and what's your instagram how can people find you samantha oh, samantha wheeling cocus like and and on uh, facebook it's just samantha wheeling um, but Samantha Wheelan Cocos is public on Instagram. I'm on Twitter as well. 
I think Twitter yeah. might be Wheelan S, but if you put Samantha Wheelan Kokas in, you'll find yeah. everything, yeah. especially the Kokas part, the K-O-T-K-A-S. Right. Nobody has that. Uh, and you'll find right. me. And, my and website. that means eagle in Estonian, is it? It means eagle in Estonian. I learned that just uh, yesterday. Yesterday. <laughs> Though my daughter is full blood with that because she was born into it, whereas I was married into it. So she says it's not quite the same. Oh, right. You know, She's I'm, more eagle than She's you more eagle than I am. Right. That's okay. 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 Well, Samantha Whelan Kotkes, thank you so much for speaking with me in a recording fashion. Loved it. For finishing our waters together. It's nice to sit out this storm um, <sighs> in your in your beautiful studio, which has become quite dark with the with the dark clouds. Um, it's kind of it's kind of nice. It's like, it's pretty of, nice. It's, it's cool. Just, yeah, like cool actually meaning physically cool. It's, we've been in a heat wave right now. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much. You're very welcome. We're blessed to all be getting to know you a little bit more thanks for having me i hope i hope we can do one where we reflect on on the experience once we have well in fact we should do a conversation right after the project because there won't be anything else to do oh yeah right (laughs) 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 i think i think we should definitely have one uh we'll uh, we'll probably do some interviews with some um some nice conversations with Mm. some other people that have in the project and, and, uh, and get get the behind the scenes dirt yeah, that'd be you great. Know, all the things that went right and wrong. Fantastic. Uh, well, thank, thank you, you so much. Cheers. Cheers. To our last sip. To the last Drinking sip. Drinking the water. water. Yeah, here we are drinking it. Mmm. <sighs> That's good. <laughs>